The Cardinals are looking to fill some holes this offseason. Catcher, shortstop, starting pitching, perhaps maybe a left-handed bat. You've heard who I think the team should target. How about we get someone on the outside looking in to give us a little more perspective? It's going to be a crossover episode today with the one and only Sully from Locked on MLB on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals and Locked On MLB your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. On YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So the offseason is off and running. We've uh, had a couple of deals made here. Nothing major has really happened just yet, specifically with the Cardinals. They haven't really done much at all. We're waiting for the... Uh, the big bomb to drop is, is at least that's what we're hoping for as Cardinals fans. We, we want to see a major move happen. We want to see something go down at catcher or shortstop starting pitching. Maybe that left-handed bat they've been talking about, a veteran left-handed bat they could hit righties better. Things like that are on the Cardinals shopping list this offseason. And we've talked a lot about of the, uh, uh, the big names that are, are at each of those positions that perhaps could end up in a Cardinal uniform next year. But I would like to talk to somebody, at least I thought it'd be a good idea to bring somebody in who is not exactly with the Cardinals, isn't always thinking Cardinals, but is a man of baseball altogether. Somebody who could give us a little perspective, like I said, from the outside looking in on what the Cardinals need to be doing this offseason. And I couldn't think of a better person to bring on for this episode than our own Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Sully from Locked On MLB. Sully, how are we feeling here today, brother? I'm doing great, but your lower third is much bigger than mine. Okay, good. Get that out of there. You're, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was having lower third envy there. By the way, everyone listening to on my feed, on the Locked On MLB feed, this is kind of fun that I'm the guest today. I've been hosting a bunch of these, and it's fun to be have the pressure off me a little bit and sit in the guest chair. So uh, this is also being uh, – this is a crossover. This is going to be on both – the on MLB and Locked On Cardinals feed. Um, those of you who don't know me, I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been podcasting for the last more than 10 years, and I've done uh, a couple thousand episodes just today. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love my, I love my baseball. Uh, I, I've never been to St. Louis. Um, I've been to many of the great baseball stadiums for whatever reason. I just haven't made it to St. Louis yet. Um, I'm dying to go there because it's a, it's obviously it's a great baseball city. Uh, I've been to Kansas City, but that's not St. Louis. Uh, for no, those of you wondering, close. it's not. It's close. <laughs> it's, it was in Missouri. Yeah. And why isn't yeah. it? Why isn't it Missouri City and Kansas City on the other side? Why is there Kansas I, City, I Kansas, know. and Kansas City, Missouri? I, mean, I don't know. On. That's one of life's major mysteries. We we have no idea. We have a uh, St. Louis and an East St. Louis. In St. Louis, the East St. Louis is over in Illinois. Well, I get that, 
you know, <laughs> West New York is in New Jersey. You yeah. know, I mean, I understand that, but I mean, come on, let's let's get down to it. Um, before we go on about the future, I just wanted to say, uh, at one point, I picked at, at, during August, I said the Cardinals are going to win the World Series, yeah. and the reason I said that was I thought they obviously they had the two best players or you know, the players having the two best seasons. I got to phrase things carefully in the National League with Arenado and Goldschmidt. Uh, yeah. They the trade. They made when Quintana and Montgomery were both terrific. Uh, and I th- thought this is a deep team. I thought this was a team that was poised to make a long run. And if you had told me that a team that had to play in the Wild Series that was not a 100-win team was going to win the National League pennant, I was going to say, well, obviously, it's not going to be the Phillies or the Padres. It's obviously mm-hmm. going to be the St. Louis Cardinals. And they were up two bagel on on in the opening day uh, of the, the wildcard series. I really just sat back and thought, well, this is it. They're gonna. I I I stood by my prediction, and yeah. here we go. I mean that that you talk about like when you look back at a at a postseason, there are these little moments where an alternate universe could have happened if one thing went this way or the other. Cardinals hold on to that game one lead in the ninth inning instead of coughing up six runs. I'm convinced they win one of the next two games. I'm also convinced that they beat uh, Atlanta. And and if they want to play uh, San Diego, then, uh, you know, I think, do I think they would have beaten Houston? I don't know. But, you know, this year the playoffs showed that anything was possible. But I'm absolutely gobsmacked that it was two and out for this really good team. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a team too, that kind of limped in to the playoffs, which had a lot of us concerned, at least offensively is where they were kind of struggling. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, Goldie and Arnado who basically ran the show. I mean, you had Albert doing his thing in the second half, but for, as far as the whole season, uh, it was Goldie and Arnado, the Golden Auto Show, as we called it. And uh, both of them struggled mightily down the stretch. And then they just couldn't get it right. In a, you know, in it's a two-game series, it was what it ends up being. Um, yeah. So not a lot of time to to fix whatever was broken go, that was going on with them at the plate. But at the same time, yeah, like you're, you're 2 nothing, and you've got one of the best closers in baseball coming on and just poof. And it was gone just like that. And, um, yeah, I was floored. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. And there was a furtive that was happening there. Again, I'm not a Cardinals fan. I'm a fan of baseball. And, I, you know, the idea of the three guys who were from the 2016, Molina, Pujols, and Wainwright. I can't say 2011 because Wainwright was hurt that year. But, the mm. like, the band getting back together for one last hurrah, yeah, that was, that was a really fun storyline. And I was looking forward to seeing that, you know, go through. It's so funny. When you look at, I mean, 2000, with only one or two years in there, the Cardinals have been in the playoffs almost every year. I mean, ending or right down the they're, 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 they're down. The downtime in St. Louis has been, I mean, whether it's being a wild card situation like they were last year or winning the division uh, as they did this year. And you look at these teams – 
And probably the two worst teams were the ones that won the World Series. So you think 06 and 11 were years yeah. where Cardinal fans were the happiest. But 05 was a great team. 09 was an incredibly fun team. Uh, the the year in uh, 2015, the team was tremendous. And no one's going to remember those like obscure footnote seasons because they clamor for the 06 team of which Anthony Reyes started game one of the World Series. It's so funny. Uh, the teams that get loved for posterity are not always the best teams. And I think no. this year is a great example. Obviously, you saw hundred, you saw 300-win teams in the National League, and none of them got to the League Championship Series. So, obviously, you had three wonderful teams that, you know, you know got their, the knees taken out from under them. But, you know, this was a, te- you know, this was a team that I think, had they made a long playoff run, would be remembered and really – beloved team because it was saying goodbye to Yachty, but it was also you weren't expecting this kind of reunion from Pujols. You thought it was going to be him showing up. Okay, it's kind of as a shell of his former self, but you know, it's kind of like Willie Mays' final years with them. Like, okay, there you go. You know, that's a 600th home run hit. Yeah. And then just having like an Albert Bell giving Fernando Vino a forearm shiver. Uh, you know, <laughs> this was uh, that was the 1990s reference, and they were called the Indians then. Yes, they were. And Vino uh, was not a, car- a cardinal; that he was a Brewer, if I no, remember correctly. Was with the, well, the Brewers were in the American League back then. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's funny. Uh, this would have been if this team, uh, even you know, the pennant. You know, this would have been one of those teams that people love and remember. It's so funny which, which of the teams that become the ones that get embraced, which are the ones that will fall to, uh, you know, fall to obscurity. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it felt like it was almost a, a meant to be. Everybody thought the fairy tale ending was going to happen, that they would at least make a, a decent run in the playoffs. And then to have the rug pulled out from under them and just out and two was, uh, was shocking. And it took a couple days for myself to get over. And I, I think a lot of Cardinal fans felt the same way. We were like, wait a minute. We're not going to see number four, number five out there ever again. Like it's over. Like that was it. And then yeah. they're gone. And uh, it, it was sad to see him go out that way. But as you mentioned, a lot of great memories, not only throughout the entire careers for both of them, but even this past season, you know, Yachty wasn't so much, but he got to set the record with Wainwright. You know, he set the put out yeah. record for himself at catcher. So there were great moments for Yachty, even though he had a down year on the offensive side. But the second half where Albert will be talked about for, for decades with oh, Cardinals fans it, because that was it is a surefire. It is a surefire bet that these people, the you Cardinal fans, are going to just cherish being able to say goodbye to Albert correctly. Yeah is something you're all going to cherish. And by the way, if you're going to make any bets, where should you go? I think you should go to betonline.net. That's Did a good idea, that? Scully. Yeah. If only we had a <laughs> banner to put up right now. Um, oh, yeah. look at the skills. <laughs> oh, betonline.net is your number one source for spe- sports betting info. Easy for you to say. Stats, news, and analysis. JD, I'm a little tongue-tied. This is your podcast. Why don't you tell us about <laughs> Bet Online? Well, betonline.net is where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Now, last night, Sully, I talked about how the Eagles, being a, an 11 point favorite, 
didn't seem like such a bad bet because they had dominated the commanders in their first meeting together. And then what happens? Of course, the commanders go out and win and then their first defeat of the season. I don't know how many people saw that coming, but yeah, you should, I should have known better because it, it was a division game and things are crazy right now in the NFC East. So uh, the commanders come out on top. So hopefully if you were smart, you put your money on the commanders with that monster spread and made some money. Got a fresh slate of NFL games that are set to go again this week. We'll begin on Thursday night with my Green Bay Packers, Sully, hosting the Tennessee Titans. The Packers coming off the shocking win over the Cowboys. Nobody thought it could happen, including myself. I had no idea that that was going to come, and uh, it ended up happening. So now the Packers are actually three-point favorites over the Titans in Green Bay for Thursday night football. So if you're interested in putting a bet on that game or any of the other sports, head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Sully, we got to fix some holes that are on this, uh, this Cardinals roster right now. As of right now, of this recording, they haven't made any moves except for trading for a minor league infielder. <laughs> That's all they've done so far. But they've been in discussions with a lot of rumors that have been swirling around on the uh, MLB pages and on the podcasts and on talk shows. So I want to start with the catching position because that seems to right. be their number one target right now is catcher. Right. Uh, there's free agents and then there's trades. And there's two guys from each side that I, I want to bring up to you and get your thoughts on there. First, we'll start with the free agents who will only cost you money. OK, Wilson Contreras, formerly of the Cubs, who doesn't appear to sign. I don't know if he's uh, said no to the qualifying offer yet. I didn't notice that or not, but we don't think he will. And then uh, Christian Vasquez, who was just the uh, catcher for the world champion Astros. Both of them are free agents. And what are your thoughts on Wilson Contreras? If he commands what we think he's going to get is close to 20 million dollars a season. How do you feel about Wilson Contreras as a fit in St. Louis? I think he's going to be a fine fit. I think there's a better fit elsewhere that will cost you prospects. Okay. But, uh, you know, Vasquez and Contreras, the postseason experience, both have been on the big stage. You want to have someone who is a, uh, you know, this is a win-now team. This Cardinal right. team, this is not, a, they're not in the middle, middle of rebuild. Uh, and But it's been since 2013. It's about to be the 10th anniversary of their last pennant which, you know, for a lot of teams, that's boo-hoo time. But for the Cardinals, who have been to the League Championship Series since then, they're in the League Championship Series in uh, uh, 2014 when they lost to San Francisco, 2019 when they lost to the Washington Nationals. You know, they they couldn't make it out of the wild card game last year against L.A., nor the series against uh, uh, San Diego that, you know, they haven't advanced since being swept by the, uh, by the Washington nationals in the NLCS mm -hmm. for um, in 2019. So this is an elite franchise, a franchise whose fan base expects to be a real pennant contender. I got to move forward a little bit. This is a different seat that I normally sit on. I'm <laughs> um, not in my traditional, Additional seat. Not that you need me to pull back the curtain that much, but you're wondering. <laughs> my foot is sound asleep. Um, this is a win now team, and so a Contreras or a Vasquez are win now solutions at catcher. Uh, and 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 when you start saying 
how much will this, and how much will the this affect the team if it's a longer term deal? You can't think like that right now. This team has over this hill. This team has to make it to the next level. And I'm preaching this like crazy and locked on MLB. My listeners will probably be tired of me saying this. If we learned something this year, we found out that signing good players is a good strategy to win. Even Wait, if hold on, hold not- on. Let, let me write that down. Hold on. Sign. Well, you would, I mean, you would think, <laughs> you would think that that would be an obvious thing, but you see always, well, we're going to try it the raise style, i.e. to be cheap. And then you saw what um, San Diego and Philadelphia are meeting the NLCS just a couple mm-hmm. of years after saying, um, is nobody going to sign these generational talents? All right, maybe we yeah. should do it. And so, you know, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are going to be in a situation where, you know, we're not sure what the Mets are going to be next year. The Mets pushed all the chips in the center of the table for this season. And they won hundred some they won hundred games, but they couldn't get past the Padres. This is a this is a Cardinal team that sacrificed a ton of the future to bring in Aaron Otto, to bring in Goldschmidt, to bring in the players who will be the foundation of the next pennant winner. But they still haven't had a pennant winner since uh Michael Walker was a rookie. So uh <laughs> You know, it it they need to pull the trigger on a couple of things there. The player who I think would be the best fit there, uh, you know, long term and short term is Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of uh, who's the Oakland A's catcher, their fine catcher, who's twenty seven years old, i.e., ancient in Oakland, and he is a a, a fine hitter, a very good catcher. Young enough that if you're saying, all right, we're going to sacrifice some young players, it's worth it to bring someone like him because you know you're going to get more than one year out of him. Uh, He's going to get a lot of attention from a lot of different teams. But that doesn't mean the Cardinals shouldn't be front and center. And we've seen how aggressive that they can be. I mean, they have the top two uh, NL MVP candidates who were imported from Colorado and Arizona. You know, they could yeah. be aggressive, and now's the time to be aggressive again. I don't think Murphy's an MVP candidate, but he's a potential uh, a perennial all-star. And you mm-hmm. know the A's are going to, uh, you know, trade him because he asked for more than $5.75 an hour. <laughs> so we uh, we talked yeah, to he's, uh, he's the He's the player who I would focus. He, he solves a lot of issues on the team and would be a long-term, a good long-term solution. I think better long-term solution than Contreras or Vasquez. Neither of them yeah, are, it, I think, are bad choices, but Murphy, I think, should be um, the the top. Now, the the question that we have about Sean Murphy, because nobody disputes that he, he would be a good fit. He seems like a Cardinal type of player, not a lot of flash, does his job, does it very well, uh, is what would it take to get him out of Oakland? And we were talking with uh, Berkey over at uh, Locked on A's, and he thinks that, you know, because there's, like you mentioned, there's going to be some competition of people trying to pull him out of Oakland, that it might take somebody like the Cardinals' top shortstop prospect and their number two overall prospect in their system, uh, a Mason Wynn type of player, to to get him to, you know, ha- to make that as the top offer to get his services. Is anything like that? Yeah. Is anything like that seem like that's too much to give away? Because some Cardinal no. fans will think, no. will say, well, he's too good of a prospect to give up, but I say no oh, as well. Oh, really? Okay. I'm talking to Matt Laporta, uh, the the big prospect <laughs> in this. He's 
Sabathia. Yeah, there's all be prospects. So we had we heard about Juan Soto. It was worth getting this. Juan Soto was worth any prospect because he was first of all the same age as the prospects you were trading away, um, right. and is a better player. Uh, this is a guy in his mid twenties or late twenties. This is not a thirty-five year old, you know, with his knees being replaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can, you're going to have to give up something to get him. But the what's the name of the, the shortstop prospect? Uh, Mason Wynn. And by the way, yeah. Mason Wynn hasn't made it past Double A yet. Had a yeah. good season. What are we He's even likely talking headed about? to Triple A. I know what, that's what how I put about? it too. <laughs> I mean, yes, people will point to Jeremy Pena and, and say. Oh well, you know the the Astros lost Correa, but they had Pena, who had the the fine season and mm. uh, became the World Series MVP. Should have been for Amber Valdez, but but the uh, uh, you know had an unbelievable postseason. Fine, right. that's the outlier. Most time prospects that people cling to like a koala are don't turn into the great superstars that you're thinking of. And this is a win now right. team, right? And by the right. way, absolutely. By the way, guess the agent again, Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. who I think would fit in great in St. Louis. And I do want to talk they about that. Short- yeah, I want to talk well, about that because that's the thing. And Correa's floating out. Because they, they got a, a guy by the name of Tommy Edmond, who's uh, pretty darn good himself. Gold Glover at mm-hmm. second base, moved over to shortstop because of the lack of production they got out of Paul DeYoung this year. Probably would have won the gold glove at shortstop had he played enough games there, but because he had split, uh, Swanson ends up taking it, and Edmund has to go uh, into the finalists for the utility role, which he didn't win and lost to Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals, who won the gold glove there, who will probably be your starting second baseman if they don't make a move at shortstop, and that's the the position I want to go to next year, Sully, is uh, the shortstop position. Before we get to it, we want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals and Locked on MLB your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked on can provide Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So you brought up Carlos Correa, one of four major free agents at the shortstop position. You've got him. Mm -hmm. You've got Xander Bogarts, who opted out from Boston. Gansby Swanson, who was just with the Braves. And then Trey Turner, who is uh, a free agent coming from the Dodgers. Uh, Carlos Correa, you think out of those four that he would be the best fit for the Cardinals if they were to go after one of these free agents? Yeah, I do. I think he's the best overall talent. I think he brings the most to it. I also think Trey Turner is going to the Phillies. Uh, So I think think he's a great fit with Philadelphia. Um, The native New Englander in me is grinding my teeth, but I think Xander Bogarts (laughs) is heading to Los Angeles. Um, to replace Trey Turner. Um, I think Baltimore is going to be making a run at one of these. I think I actually think Dan C. Swanson is going to go back to Atlanta. I think he's the best fit in Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And not that that really matters, but I think that I think all parties will agree that that's the best fit for him. Uh, Correa, obviously he had this, the, the weird year he had with Minnesota, um, and we know he's not going to go back to Houston. I don't think he's going to go to L.A. He could go to the Yankees, but the Yankees are going to be so um, involved in the Aaron Judge situation that it may take them out of it. I think Correa is a fantastic fit. 
Cardinals. And just you mentioned Edmund and um, uh, what's his name? Don- Donovan. Uh, Donovan, thank you. Um, uh, to having the, the intense depth with the corners that they have, add Correa, then you'll just have amazing depth around that infield. And before anyone says, where are they all going to play? Just wait. Someone's going to get hurt. Or yeah, someone will they be always rest. do. <laughs> they always do. And whenever I hear, well, there's, there's not enough room for them, there, there will be enough room. Just you find wait. room for good players. <laughs> yeah, and also there's there's always an injury. There's always yeah. a uh, there's always a need, but I just think to have Correa, Goldschmidt, and Arenado be the the foundation of your infield, you have an opportunity to do that. You do it, mm-hmm. and if they trade, like you know, look at I, I do I I I predicted he was going to go to Baltimore. Baltimore wants to spend money. Baltimore wants to take the bad taste out of the mouth where people were disappointed that they traded away players at the trade deadline when they're only a few games out of a wild card spot. Right. Baltimore is a sleeping giant of a fan base and is just waiting to explode. And having a player like Correa show up right around the time that they're selling season tickets would be go a long way. But if I were the Cardinals, don't sleep on this. Don't have a yet another. This is what why I brought up Harper and I brought up Machado. You have an elite player who was floating around available after spring mm-hmm. training started. And you know, want to take it a one-year deal with the twins. Um you sign players like that. Yeah. And you could have three potential MVP candidates in your infield, of which none of them will be homegrown. Right. Yet no one will ever say that all oh, those Cardinals, they steal all these players. But um, <laughs> they'll say that about the Yankees. Well, the Yankees have made a grand total of one major free agent signing in the last you know seven or eight years. But I digress. Wow. <laughs> uh, I you know Murphy and Correa heading to this Cardinal team, I think would be uh, that's that would be my wish list if I were a Cardinal fan. Yeah, and Correa, in case people are wondering and don't pay enough attention to him since he's been over in the AL, uh, was a Rookie of the Year winner, won a World Series, two-time All-Star. He's a Gold Glove and Platinum Glove winner, so we know he can uh, flash the leather. He's got a cannon for an arm at shortstop. You could essentially, if that was the direction the Cardinals decided to go in, you would have five-time Gold Glove, Gold Glover and Goldschmidt at first. You got the 10-time guy in Arenado sitting over there at third base, six-time Platinum Award winner. Then you'd have Correa with his power, offense, and defense combination at shortstop. And then you got Tommy Edmond, who just won the gold glove the previous year at second base. And you go back to where he's the most comfortable at. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Now all you got to have is uh, the front office to actually pay for it. Well, they should. It's really the issue. So that's a, I mean, that, that that's something that, uh, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. And yet we, we for years and years and uh, the Cardinals just don't seem to go out. They make trades for big guys, like you mentioned, Goldie and Nolan, but they, they don't really make a splash in free agency very often, but they talked about having the payroll go up this year. That that They've mentioned that in their GM meeting. They're like, payroll's going up because all of you guys showed out this year and came out 3.3 million, best uh, home attendance behind the Dodgers, so you deserve it. We're going we're gonna to bump it up. But they've never said how much it's going to go up yet, and Correa's not going to be cheap, obviously. He's not going to be cheap, but what could come about from it is 
you know, why are we doing this? You mean it, we want to win? The, yeah, this will be the tenth anniversary of the last time the Cardinals played the World Series. Yeah, and put it in that way, a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Cardinal fans are devoted. Cardinals fans are great fans. And it's a great organization that always puts a winner. You know, yo, not actually selling. They had a losing record. Shut up. <laughs> they almost always, since the turn of the century, they've almost always had a team. I mean, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2009, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, Consistent. 20. <laughs> Uh, wait, were they in 2018? No, they weren't in 2018, but they were in 2019. No. They got to the LCS in 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. COVID, 2021, last year, the wildcard game in this year. So yeah. that's a lot of playoff appearances. So now they got to ratchet up a little. They need a new 2006 or 2011. Wait, wait no, wait, yeah, okay, yeah, this was the, this was the, uh, 11th anniversary of their last deal, and they won the pennant in 2013. They lost to Boston. Yeah. But I think we're on the same page here where it's time to, to to put your chips in and let's go. You've got the funds. Yeah, You can do this. You can sign one of these guys. You have the capability. It's not like St. Louis is a tough sell. So Yeah, and you have, you have the top two MVPs. As, as of this recording, yeah. they haven't named which Cardinal is going to win. But, like, you didn't make those deals – with Colorado and Arizona because you were hoping to get content for a wildcard spot. You made those right. deals because you wanted the next big Cardinal championship to happen. So let's yeah. go. You need a hole mm-hmm. at shortstop. Guess what? There are what four or five potential Studs. all-stars that all you have <laughs> yeah. to do is give them some of that money. And yeah. guess what? Yeah. They don't make the big splash with the free agents, but they, they didn't acquire Arenado and then let him walk after a year. They acquired him with right. a gigantic contract attached that he signed when, when he was in Denver. They yeah. s- traded for Goldschmidt and have a gigantic contract extension with him. So what's the difference? They have yeah. no, there's money. None. That's true. That's true. That's true. It's a it's, uh, free agent market is where they, they normally just kind of... Eh, they kind of settle for second, third, fourth type of thing. But that's why we're hoping this year is the year that they'll finally make that that moment where they're like, okay, you know what? We're going all in, and we're going to go take down, uh, get Sean Murphy for a few prospects, and then maybe one of these short stops. Another direction they can go, Sully, I want to throw these in here real quick before we wrap up, is the starting rotation. They got a lot of good, like, number twos and number threes that fill out the, the top five. They haven't had a, a real ace since, like, the Wainwright Prime and the Chris Carpenter days. That's really been the last time they had like a true ace. Couple of guys that are available this year, not really at that level, but a Carlos Rodon or a Chris Bassett, Jamison Tyon. Those are some names that have been kicked around. Maybe even bringing Jose Quintana back and uh, dealing one of these other starting pitchers that you got. Uh, are any of those names do they do they fit what you think would work for the Cardinals? I mean, they'd be, they'd all be fine. Um. I mean, I don't look. I don't look at Eddie. I mean, bring back Quintana. He he gave him a nice year. Um, uh, Rodon, he he. I'd be a nice fit. Tyon makes me nervous. He's mm-hmm. he he pitched well for New York this year, but he's he's such an injury risk. 
Uh, I would I would be nervous to sign him to any long term deal. I mean, I have up here MLB.com's uh, top prospects for them: Mason Wynn, twenty years old, he's his shortstop; Jordan Walker. Um, their top pitching prospect is uh, Gordon Graceffo. Uh, Graceffo, who pitched mm-hmm. in Double A Springfield, um, he's probably not going to be ready until next year, maybe the year after. Um, right. Uh, but I would, you know, I, I would, I would, I would hoard my pitching prospects. Uh, if I were them, I mean, let's go. I mean, if you look at some of the top free agents who are, you know, starting pitchers, I mean, Kershaw's not going anywhere. DeGrom's going to go to Texas. Um, you know, Bassett and, um, you know, I mean, do you take a flyer in Kluber? Uh, I mean, there's, there's the biggest ace potentially available is Carlos Rodon. Right. I would take a stab at him. Um, it would not stun to see if, like, if the Mets lost Degrom, it wouldn't stun me if they turned around and, and tried to, you know, sign Rodon to sort of. Um, sure. First of all, it's the same. His name sounds similar, and uh, which you need to have. But you know, that would be a gigantic hole you'd have to fill. I mean, that'd be a gut punch for Met fans who just love Jacob Degrom, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no big time ace in the middle there. But how many big time aces are there left? I mean, we don't grow aces anymore. I mean, it's for monetary it's it's for money reasons that you don't let anyone go past the fifth or sixth inning because mm-hmm. they see how expensive it is to sign a big name. You know, you know, Scherzer and Verlander are still commanding twenty million dollars a year. And when was the last time a Verlander or Scherzer has been developed? I mean, Alcantara of the uh, Marlins is like the exception rather than the rule. Why can't the Cardinals get pitchers like Sandy Alcantara? <laughs> I don't those know. Of you man. Don't get they... that joke. Sandy Alcantara <laughs> was a uh, farmhand for the Cardinals, and I think actually played a little bit. Had a he couple of with the Cardinals, and now he's going to yeah. inevitably win the Cy Young. Yeah, you know? yeah. We, if they could find, we if, him. <laughs> if you could, if you could pick up like someone like a Sandy Alcantara and maybe a Randy Rosarena, those types of players. <laughs> Just you know, the Cardinals work. They just can't find players like that. Uh, maybe toss in a, a Zach Gallen. You know, he yeah. he was also uh, a guy that they could have used. Right? Was he you in know? the Goldschmidt trade though? No, he was actually not a part of that one. He okay. was also a part of the Alcantara deal. Like he went that way, and then they shipped him out. Oh, well, after that, cool. You'd like to be Superman, <laughs> spin the world back and redo that one. But to be fair, the Cardinals yes. have made a lot of great trades, a lot of great trades over um, the last few years. So that's yeah, normally what I tell people. I was like, they've won more than they've lost. Okay? Yeah, they've so lost you, can't, you can't just focus on the negative there. So. Yeah, but they've got a Goldie and an Arenado at the corners right now, and they really dominated those trades. And uh, that was another reason why I thought the Sean Murphy thing with the A's would be uh, – uh, a likely scenario because they they've had a relationship with Oakland over the years of making deals and the Cardinals have won these deals. I mean, getting Matt holiday out of Oakland, getting Mark McGuire out of Oakland, those things have worked out. Mark Mulder, even though he got hurt, uh, they did pretty well in that trade. Uh, they lost Dan Heron, but it wasn't nothing major. If Mulder hadn't gotten injured, you had an ace right there in, in your rotation. So um, I don't know. Well, it, it, we're excited and we're hoping for big things. But it, let's put it on paper right now. Sully's way to improve and put the Cardinals in the elite level with these other teams would be to trade for Sean Murphy and sign Carlos Correa. Those are those are your yep. moves. 
And and I I would take a flyer on you know to see if Rodon would come over. Uh, you know Bassett. I mean I mean a bunch of guys whether it's Bassett or Shamanaya. You know, take a flyer on them. You know, mm-hmm. but don't expect them to suddenly you know to to be Chris Carpenter in their prime. You know, right. so just but maybe I mean that's been kind of the, the name of the game is to get a bunch of pitchers who can go five or six innings. And you know, cross your fingers. I hope someday. This is old man Sully here. I just like pitchers going deeper into games because it puts their thumbprint on the game, puts their personality. I made a suggestion on my podcast, which is called Lockdown MLB, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. That uh, if you're going to have our star pitchers only going five innings, have it be the final five instead of starting their headlining. And it sort of puts the pressure on the team to sort of you gotta get your runs in because Degrom's gonna come in in the fourth. <laughs> Degrom's got five in him today. You guys are in trouble. Well, that would be the last. You're gonna pull up Madison Bumgarner yeah. in Game Seven of the World Series, or Pedro yeah, Martinez flip. in Game Five of the Division Series in 1999, where they came yeah. in and finished the final five or six innings. Give that a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I got I mean, a million, I got a million ideas, and three of them are good. <laughs> well, F- Sully looking to flip the script on how the entire pitching rotation goes, where you start with relievers and you end with starters. Yeah, Does that make not? sense? Something like that. Ah, well, hey, you don't know. You can't. You don't know until you try, right, Sully? You don't know. You don't know. Could work. You could work. All right, man. Well, this has worked. I appreciate you uh, coming by here tonight and uh, giving us your your insight on uh, what the Cardinals should do. And it's hard to disagree with anything you said, to be honest. I, you know, normally I try to poke little holes in things, but the Sean Murphy thing, I think a lot of us are on board for. Uh, mm-hmm. It took a little time for me to get to that, but the more I thought about it, it was the more like what you said, where this is a win now time and if you have to give up a double A AA shortstop and a couple other minor leaguers to go get your catcher who could be your catch for the next five to seven years and be really, really good at it. You know, why wouldn't you do that? That makes perfect sense to well, think about it. You trade some of those young players to Oakland by the time they're developed, you can trade for them because the A's are going to try to dump their salary. <laughs> you, you can get them back. It'll be great. <laughs> All my friends in Oakland, my many, many friends in Oakland are going to be mad at me for that, but you know, that's what it's about. So, Hey, it's the truth. All right, but it's Hey JD, truth. thanks for having me aboard. I really appreciate this. Not a not a problem at all, my friend. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals and Locked On MLB your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Obviously, you've got Sully right there at Sully Baseball. What, what's the uh, Locked On MLB Twitter? What's that? What's that one? We're at Locked On MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. There you go. You guys are the best fans of baseball for a reason. We'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals. 